Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a ministry of Bible to School. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 127. Today, we welcome back to the podcast, Donna nicholson Steep. Now, last time we talked, she shared all about grief. This time, she speaks on forgiving what we can't forget. You'll hear how God taught her what forgiveness looks like and how to live that out in a way that's constant. Donna gives some great word pictures and helps us unpack the reasoning behind the biblical command to forgive one another. Before clicking out today, be sure to visit our website at bible2school.com. That's bible, the number two, school.com. We would also love for you to rate and review this podcast on your favorite channel so others can find us more easily and learn about starting a Bible to School program in their community. Speaking of which, does your school have an active program? Our website makes it super easy to find out. Go to find a program and enter your zip code. Are you ready to hear how forgiveness brings freedom? Get ready, lean in, and enjoy my conversation with Donna now. Well, today we are going to talk about a topic everyone has experience with, forgiveness. The question, however, have we learned how to forgive what we can't forget? Loaded question, right, Donna? That's right. (laughs) So today I have with me Donna Nicholson-Steve, and she has been here before. We talked about the topic of grief, another hard one, a few months back. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yes. We are so glad to have you here. And Donna, I would just love for you, not everybody got to hear that episode. I will link it in the show notes. But if you would just kind of give a little introduction about yourself and your family. Yes. Yeah. So my name is Donna. I live in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, and I'm married to Roger. We have three kids. I kind of age myself when and it when I say this, but my oldest is 32. Ah, how did that happen? <laughs> um, Madison, my middle one is 25. Jack, our youngest, was killed when he was 16 and a half. And we just had the five-year, uh, we just hit the five-year mark um, for that. We have two pets, Sunny Bear Elwood and Buddy Southpaw. They uh, keep us busy. Yeah. And so um work at a church in Mannheim and I served on the board with Bible to School. I remain on the ambassador team, one of the ambassador teams for them. That's just a little bit about me and where I'm at right now in my life. Yeah. Where we are so thankful for you and the service that you have involved yourself in with Bible to School. And um yeah. to our listeners, super excited for you to hear from her today. Let's just dig right in. Donna, why? Why is it so important for us to choose to forgive? Yeah. You know, for a long time, a really long time, I knew what forgiveness was by definition. I didn't know what it looked like to actually live it out. Hmm. And it wasn't until I really started to own my own salvation and own my own faith where 
God started to really teach me what that looked like. With the woman that had killed my son and his friend, I really had to dive deep into how do I live out that forgiveness? And God really showed up in that and taught me, really taught me what it looks like to forgive and how to live that out in a way that is constant Hmm. and truly to live truly in the freedom that forgiving others means. So let me ask you a question then right away. You're combining forgiveness with your faith. Yeah. Is it possible to forgive as a non-believer? I think it is. We can forgive. And this is really interesting because sometimes forgiveness, you can either see forgiveness through a mirror or a window. So when we look in the mirror, we see ourselves. Hmm. When someone does something to us that we have also done to someone, we can uh, relate. Hmm. And we want forgiven for what we've done. If someone has done the same thing, it's kind of a little easier for us to forgive them because we've done it and we, we understand it. When we look at forgiveness through a window and we don't see ourselves reflecting back, when someone does something that we would never, ever do, it's very difficult to forgive, very difficult. And when we look as a Christ follower, when we look through the window, what we see through that window is God's living and holy word. And his word is not only alive, but his word cuts through bone and marrow, soul and spirit. It convicts. And so I think if you do not have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, if you do not have Christ in you, you're going to really have a tough time forgiving someone for something that you yourself would never do. Yeah. And you experienced that, you're saying? Yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think that the offending person needs to ask for forgiveness in order for you to forgive them? No. (laughs) No, no, no. And when Jesus forgave us, he forgave us while we were yet sinners, long before we ever asked for forgiveness, long before we were ever sorry for our sin, he went to the cross willingly. And so, you know, you can forgive someone that might not ever even know you forgave them. Yeah. You can forgive someone that never asked. You can forgive someone that has died and they're not even alive on this earth. Yet you may still harbor unforgiveness in your heart. And God is calling you as a as somebody that's a Christian to forgive that person. They'll never even know you forgave them. Hmm. Yeah. So no, they do not have to ask for forgiveness. You really shouldn't wait. If you're in Christ, we are called to forgive, period. There's really no other condition to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, and you'll hear in many circles, and if you've ever been to counseling, which I highly recommend, especially if you're struggling with forgiveness, forgiveness causes so many issues for the person who's not forgiving. Right. (laughs) Not so much the person who isn't being forgiven. Doesn't that seem to be the case? Yes. Absolutely. So he, so let me give you an example of how God really made this real for me, made this tangible for me. You know, I think of forgiveness in two, two lanes. So the first lane is one, I know 
that I am called to forgive. Like, and not, not to make this sound technical, but you know, I am forgiven. Therefore I must forgive. So I knew that I knew that, but the, the other thing that God showed me, and this is to your point about how unforgiveness can really do a lot, wreak a lot, a lot of havoc and damage. When my son was killed, I knew technically, okay, I must forgive this, this person. But what God showed me was he showed me, I don't want to say like in a vision, because we we correlate visions with visions in the Bible. I think God just kind of dropped the thought and the image in my in my mind. So God said to me, Donna, I'm going to show you two hearts. And you have you have to decide which heart do you want in this moment with this forgiveness thing of the woman that that killed Jack. And so the first heart, so just imagine in your mind a heart, the first heart had a big cross in the middle, the the cross of Christ in the middle, representing Jesus. And filling in all the white space was everything I love, everything um, that I have purpose in, everything that has meaning in my life. So filling in the white spaces, it was Jack and my family and my friends and my church and the purposes God has given me and the, the um, passions and the abilities that God has given me, which is everything that I love, just filled all the white space with Jesus and the cross in the center. Beautiful image of a heart. The second heart was different. I don't know if there's any Lord of the Rings fans out there, but um, just just imagine. So in Lord of the Rings, there's these orcs. They're horrible. They're these horrible like monsters. So just imagine this beast, maybe a gargoyle or you know, just something really ugly, this horrible beast was in the center of the second heart. And in the white spaces, there was nothing but but darkness. And I'll probably get a little choked up when I when I share this image because it was so powerful. But in the far recesses of this heart, the farthest, darkest corner, shoved up in the corner, in the shadows, was Jesus. And Jack, Hmm. everything I love. And the beast that was consuming the majority of the heart needs fed. What does it feed on? It feeds on my love and my joy and everything that's good in my life. It consumes it, my energy. And God said, that's the heart of unforgiveness. Hmm. Do you really want that heart? Which one do you want? Am I going to be shoved in the far recesses of your heart? Is Jack going to be shoved in the far dark corners of your heart? Are you going to allow the beast to consume your strength, your energy, your love, your passion, your purposes? Which one? And and that I'm a visual person and yeah, obviously God knows that. And so I needed that visual. Yeah. And I thought there's no way. I'm going to live my life with Jesus shoved in the far dark recesses of my heart, with Jack shoved in the far dark recesses of my heart. And there's no way I'm going to live my life allowing the cross of Jesus and the power of the cross to be replaced by a beast that's consuming everything I love. Was this vision something that the Lord gave you in the very beginning or was it later after the tragic accident? For me, it was in the beginning. 
And I, and I think that that was because I knew, I knew, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts in a good way. I knew that I had to start processing this. So for me, it was in the beginning. Oh, I just feel that that was his great love for you. You know, it absolutely was. He he knew what I needed. He knew I needed the visual of the two hearts and which one I needed to choose. Which one, Donna, are you going to live with? If I chose the other heart, you know, I'm I'm secure in my salvation, but I would be completely disempowering the spirit, the Holy Spirit in my life. And I wanted to grieve Jack well. And I knew that I would only be empowering the person that really devastated and wronged our life. I would just be giving, giving that person more power and taking away the power that's available to me in Jesus. So yeah, I knew, I knew very early on. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to school kids. My dad's in jail. Can I be mad? Or do I have to forgive him? Our children think and feel deeply about what is happening in their lives. And when they pose a multi-layered question, such as this one, it can take us by surprise. To answer a question like this, take it one step at a time. Be curious, but gentle, by asking questions about the situation. There's an element of emotion here, so take the time to unpack and explore those emotions, which honors how God made us. After the child has had a chance to give more detail and emotions are laid out, you can then turn to the Bible with the child and tell them that because God forgave us, we can forgive each other, but sometimes that takes time. Explore together what God has to say about forgiveness and anger. Help the child determine their next steps. Offer to pray with them about this. And be sure to check in with them in the near future to gauge how God is working on their heart and offer tender encouragement. That ties right into one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which is, does God really mean it when he says it, that he won't forgive us if we don't forgive others? And I'm asking you this because you said your empowerment. So to me, that's Holy Spirit. That's God moving in and through us. Is this impacted by us not forgiving? So I'll just let you roll with that. Yeah. So so in that passage, in Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus says that, you know, I think we have to look at the whole chapter and see the context in which Jesus was talking about. And, you know, right right before verses 14 and 15, where he says that, um, we have to look at the chapters preceding that and get the whole picture. And, you know, he's really talking a lot about hypocrisy. So the chapters before that are on hypocrisy. And I think that part of what Jesus is saying is you cannot be a hypocrite. You cannot accept the forgiveness that I freely gave to you, free to you, not free to me, but free to you, and then turn around and deny that gift to others. He's saying, don't be a hypocrite. If someone is refusing, if someone is proclaiming to be a Christian and refusing to forgive others, I think that person needs to re-examine their salvation. Because rooted in forgiveness is the complete and utter awareness that Jesus didn't just die to forgive the world. He died to forgive you. And if you were the only person left on this planet 
If you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would have still had to go to the cross to forgive your sins. Yeah. Um, if the if the only sin you ever committed was a tiny little white lie, Jesus would have still had to have died a Roman crucifixion for you. I think what happens is sometimes if we don't fully understand that our own sin, it was my sin yeah. that put Jesus on the cross. If we don't fully understand that, I think it's easy for us to latch on to, well, I'm a good person and that person's bad and I can't, I can't forgive them. And making it personal makes it powerful. It absolutely. We have to acknowledge that I put Jesus on the cross and his great and powerful love for me. You know, just read the hours leading up to the crucifixion. Jesus was sweating drops of blood in anguish, knowing what was coming. Yeah, right. And begging God, if there's any other way to do this, take this cup from me, but but your will be done, not mine. So yeah. So you have to remember not just that it was physically painful, but it was painful to even be separated from God while he was bearing all of the sins, past, present, future on that cross. And when, when God had to turn his face from Jesus for the first time ever in all of creation, while he bore the sins, just to reconcile us back to the father. I mean, that was, I mean, Jesus in that moment was the loneliest person ever to exist in all of humanity while he did that for us. So yes, it's really digging back into the root of what is salvation and how did we, how did we obtain it? Yeah. Well, and that gets into the whole matter of, okay, so how deep did somebody wound us? How deep does the forgiveness need to go? There is no deeper wound than all the forgiving Jesus had to do. Um, But then that leads to my next question, which is, you know, the phrase forgive and forget, right? Is this a phrase we should trash? Is there some stock we should take in this? I mean, you, you are the person to answer this. You can never forget what happened in your story. Right. And neither does God. So I think what God is saying to us is forgive and then don't hang on to it. Don't use it against the other person as a weapon. He means forget, meaning make it final that you have forgiven and don't continue to live as if that person's not forgiven. Don't continue to use it as a weapon against them. So here's an example of how God God forgives us, but he doesn't forget. Let's say someone um, is struggling with alcohol and they are praying to God, Lord, I messed up this weekend. I repent. Um, help me to turn from my ways and forgive me, Lord, for, for the sin of, of turning to alcohol. And then let's say a month later, that person falls, falls off the wagon again and says, Lord, I'm coming to you again. Um, forgive me for this alcohol problem. And God says, I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? What problem do you have? Like, no, God, God knows. <laughs> he knows you. He knows you have that problem. God doesn't weaponize our sin against us when he's already forgiven us. And so that's what he's saying when he says forgive and forget is make it final in your heart that you've forgiven them and then don't live like you have not forgiven them. So how do you know then that you have actually forgiven? 
You know, sometimes we can feel like the same stuff comes up again. Does that mean we haven't forgiven? I don't think so. So for me, let me explain. I'll explain it, um, how it lived out in my life. I made the final decision. I forgive this person. What I needed to remind myself of, so I didn't have to keep deciding, am I going to forgive her or not forgive her? No, I made that decision on forgiving her. What I needed to do was remind myself of that decision. I needed to keep reminding myself that I am forgiven. She is forgiven. I think what makes it hard for us, so we talked about the two hearts, what a heart of unforgiveness looks like, and is that the heart that we want? But I think what also makes it hard for us is the crime against us, the sin against us is so devastating. I think sometimes we, well, even if it's not so devastating, it, let's just go with any anything that we need to forgive. In our mind, we think of forgiveness as letting that person off the hook. Like, it's okay. Everything's fine when it is not okay and it's not fine. And so how do we, how do we let someone like off the hook for, for what they did when the rest of our lives are devastated or we're deeply wounded by it? Well, God really helped me out with this image too. When we forgive, let's look at it the way forgiveness looked when Jesus died on the cross. We're not off the hook for our sin. Our sin was transferred onto the cross. Okay, so when we forgive someone and it feels like, oh, we're just letting them get away with it. Like we're just letting them off the hook and they're just getting away with it. A better way to think of it is, no, I'm not letting them off the hook and they're getting away with it. I'm transferring them from my fist to God's hands. Mm. It's a transfer. Boy, that feels better. That feels better. I can hold them clenched in my fist, which is going to give me the heart image with the beast. Yeah. Or I can open up my fist and plop that person right into God's hands and say, they're, they're your problem. So how many times? How many times do we have to do that? How many times do we have to give it over? Because you know, you know that there are people who come back and they repeat the offense. Not always, but there's there's usually those people in our life that they seem to be repeat offenders. And well, what is what does God say about that? What do you say about that, Donna? Yeah, I well, I think it's important to one distinguish between like forgiveness doesn't mean doesn't mean you become this doormat. It does not mean that you subject yourself to an abusive situation. God never calls us to be subjected to an abusive situation. So I, I think we have to be really mindful and careful of that we can remove ourselves from a situation and still have forgiveness in our heart um, because we have been forgiven. We can transfer that person to, into God's hands and have a very clear boundary in order to not continue to subject ourselves to an abusive behavior. So reconciliation doesn't always mean relationship. Correct. So, well, yeah. And so God, we are commanded to forgive um, because we, we have accepted the gift of self of forgiveness and salvation, but God does not command every single person to reconcile. He might be, he might be speaking to you to reconcile. Um, and if God is personally leading you to reconcile, then you want to 
work with God in how that looks and how to live that out. Um, But that reconciliation is not a command. Sounds very personal. Again, a, a very personal thing. Yeah. So forgiveness, not an option. We are called to forgive. Reconciliation, that is really uh, between you and God. And if that's a good thing for you or not. Yeah. I will tell you what has helped me greatly in addition to the images of the two hearts is the image of letting someone off the hook versus transferring them from my fist to God's hands. Boy, that's a that's what Jesus did. Our sin was transferred onto him. It's a free gift to us, but it's not free. And we can also transfer the sins of others to God's hands as well and say, God, this is your problem to solve. It's not my problem to solve. I forgive this person and their offense against me is now in your hands, not mine. Amen. That just releases us um, from all the things. It reminds me of casting our burdens. Like this isn't mine to hold. And we both have a friend um, named Corey who happens to be the CEO of Bible to School. And I know, you know, she says all the time, we got to bless and release it, right? Yes. Bless and release it. Now I have this, this vision in my mind of transferring it to God's loving hands. That's a great visual. So this topic, Donna, it is so, it is so deep, wide. If you had just one word of advice to our listeners on forgiveness as we wrap up this conversation, is that even a thing? Can you give me one word? What would it be? Oh, one word. <laughs> or phrase. You can give a phrase. <laughs> I would say, yeah, it's hard to, hard to nail it down to one word. I, I would say forgiveness is freedom for you. Mm. It's really not for the other person. It can be. If I committed, uh, if I did something against someone and they forgave me, that would be a blessing in my life. But forgiveness is really not first and foremost for or about the other person. Forgiveness is about you and who your savior is. It is for you. And, And when I chose to forgive the person that killed Jack, that released me and gave me the freedom to love my Lord and Savior and to love my Jack and to grieve well and to lean into grieving in a constructive way and love my family and love my community and love the Lord my God. If I had chosen the other heart, Hmm. I would be drained of joy. The offender wouldn't be drained of joy, right? I would be drained of joy. I would be drained of strength and the freedom to love Jesus and Jack in holy and purely as I can in my own human form. It really is for us, Meredith. It, it's not first and foremost for the other person and their benefit. It's for your benefit. That's such great advice. And you know, at Bible to School, our theme verse comes from Deuteronomy 6, which says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And as you were saying that, you were using those words, but I picture your white heart you know, you wouldn't be able to have that beautiful white heart with all the things you love, like you said, if you allowed that bitterness, that unforgiveness to settle in. So what a gift. Freedom for yourself. That is, is a great freedom. phrase. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so one of the things recently learning in church actually about the Lord's Prayer is it actually insinuates that we are already forgiving. And so I would just love it, Donna, if we close today, can we pray the Lord's Prayer? together with our listeners just being blessed by it and then hearing that like we are already going forward in forgiveness which means going forward in freedom in christ yes yes all right all right let's pray 
our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I just love how Donna reminds us that as believers, our salvation is secure, but choosing not to forgive takes away the power available to us in Jesus. Can you visualize the two hearts that Donna talks about? Which one have you chosen in your life? I know many of you have unique stories and I would just love to hear from you. You never know how your words might be just the encouragement other believers need. So if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do. You can also like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bible2School, and that's a perfect place to engage with us. See you next week to hear co-founder and CEO of Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham, discuss Generation Z's worldview. Until then, remember, you can teach your kids how to forgive others by transferring them from their fist to God's hands.